Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I want to put two facts in front of you, two facts that we're going to consider all day today. We're going to think about, one, listening seems to take even more effort. It's a tougher job learning to listen than learning to speak. Now, probably we can all understand that. Because how many times have you said or heard it said that there are a whole lot of people who speak before they really listen? So I think fact number one is listening is a much tougher thing. It takes a lot more effort to learn to listen than to learn to speak. But fact number two, the only way we learn to speak is by listening. So we need to put these two together. And as we continue in our once per month study on godly leadership, looking at various Bible characters who help us understand what is needed to be a good leader. Today we come to the man named Apollos. If you'll open your Bibles there to Acts chapter 18, that's where we will be for this lesson And think together about how Apollos is a great study, a great case study in godly leadership because he is Apollos the listener. Apollos the listener. One of the greatest compliments that you can pay to anybody is to listen to them. There's something special about connecting with people when you listen to them. They feel valued. They feel appreciated. They know that you care when you are able to listen. You have performed a wonderful service for people. How many relationships have been broken because people didn't listen? How many situations in parents and children, how many uproars in families happen because somebody didn't listen? How many thoughts Stories have circulated because somebody didn't listen. And yet, how many relationships are broken because someone didn't speak properly? How often is there chaos in a family because we don't talk to each other well And why is it that gossip spreads? Because someone is talking out of turn. 
I don't think we can get away from this idea of listening and speaking going together. But I want you to think with me about this man, Apollos, and how he is a great example of leadership for both of these. In the first place, notice with me that Apollos in this text is portrayed as a great listener, making him a great speaker. We learn about Apollos, as was read for us, that this man, Apollos, he was from, uh, born in Alexandria. Here is a man who had listened, he had been instructed, he listened to learn what he already knew. To know anything, we have to listen. And Apollos had demonstrated his willingness to learn through listening. So many people live by that cartoon or that idea that you've seen many times where someone is trying to talk and the other one says, No, 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 I'm not listening, I'm not listening, right? You've been there, you've done it. Apollos was not that kind of man. He had been instructed and he knew what he knew because he had listened. Number two. And because he listened and learned what he knew, he spoke what he knew. Speaking about what you know is okay. Going on about what you don't know is very dangerous. We would not engage in speaking about the things we don't know. How many problems could we fix in our world? But Apollos listened, learned what he knew, and spoke only what he knew. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. He spoke it. He preached it. He was willing to talk about it. He demonstrates to us that we can't just listen to God without speaking about God. They go together. But third, he listened to learn what he knew. He spoke what he knew. And that combination of being willing to listen, to know his subject well, made him a great speaker who knew well how to speak what he knew. Notice what the text says about him. Number one, he's an eloquent man. Verse number 24. He's an eloquent man, polished. He was one who spoke well. And apparently, he was one that people enjoyed listening to. I think there is a message there for us, those of us who speak. Whether preachers or teachers... Whenever we're talking with people on a personal basis, 
being eloquent, meaning drawing people in, saying it in ways that people want to hear. If we want people to listen, then those of us who speak should dedicate ourselves to speaking in a way that makes people want to listen, helps bring them in. Rather than having the attitude that says, because I'm the knowledgeable one, because I have the information, I'm just going to lay it out there and it's your job to get it. I don't have to be concerned about how I present it. No, no. He was an eloquent man. Number two, he was a fervent man, verse 25, fervent in spirit. In other words, he was excited. He was zealous. He couldn't wait to say what it was he had to say. He had listened and he learned some great stuff and he just couldn't wait to get it out. And it was a bubbling over as it were. He just wanted to say it. Number three, but he wanted to say it properly. He spoke accurately. He was taught accurately. He spoke accurately the things that he knew. And then number four, verse 26, he was bold. He was confident. It's the difference between the first time public speaker and the head of the Toastmasters Society of Public Speaking. Do you remember the first public speech you ever made? Do you remember having to stand up in front of a class and to give a speech? Could you hear what you were saying over the noise of your knees knocking together? People get afraid. Apparently public speaking is one of the greatest fears that people have in life. What gives confidence and boldness to speaking? Knowing the topic. I think every Christian in this room desires for people who don't know the truth to know it. I firmly believe that. But I also know that most every Christian in this room has some fear about sitting down and talking to someone about the things they need to know. A lack of boldness, a lack of confidence. However, if you had an opportunity to have a casual conversation, your favorite sports team that you support and you study them and you follow them, you can talk about them and it just flows. In other words, confidence and boldness comes from knowing the subject. And if we knew the topic well, the more we know, we have confidence and boldness to talk to those who don't know. And how does that happen? Listening. If we can learn to be good listeners, we can learn to be confident 
as we speak to those who need to know. Number two, this man Apollos continued to be a great listener so that he became an even greater speaker. Here's a man who was not arrogant with his knowledge. He was not a man satisfied with what he had at the moment. He was not a man who said, I've got enough information, I don't need any more. Here is this eloquent, fervent, accurate, bold speaker who encountered some people who knew something he didn't know and he was willing to listen. He didn't just listen to learn what he already knew. He listened to learn what he didn't know. In his audience, somewhere along the line in Alexandria, sometime in that time, some speech he gave, some opportunity, Aquila and Priscilla were there. And they heard him. And he was willing to listen to complete strangers. That's interesting. There are a lot of people who are willing to listen to someone whom they value as an authority on some kind of topic. That's not hard. If I want to know about something and I have an authority over here who knows it well, I don't mind listening to this person because they know. But I don't know a stranger. I don't know the background. I don't know who they are. I don't know about them. Maybe I'm not willing to listen to them. Apollos even though these two were complete strangers to him, there is no indication that I know of that they had ever met until that event in which he spoke and they listened. They took him aside. Now, they were not arrogant either in talking to him. They didn't say, You're, you don't even know what you're talking about. What's wrong with you? You don't have any right to speak. They took him aside privately. That gave him reason to trust them because they weren't trying to embarrass him. But number two, he listened to them even though they challenged him. They challenged him. It says they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Wait a minute. Wasn't he an accurate speaker of the things he knew? Yes. But was he fully accurate in everything he taught? Obviously, there was something missing. Obviously, there was a problem somewhere. Obviously, he needed more, and they challenged him. He took it. He could have taken it as a challenge. 
He could have said, I'm the authority here. You don't need to be talking to me. I'm the one who knows this material. You don't need to say anything. No. He was humble enough to say, I'll listen. Do you mind learning new things that you didn't know? Probably not. But do you mind when someone challenges what you think you already know? That's a little tougher, isn't it? It's not easy to sit and listen to someone who is picking apart something you think you know well. And those who are not good listeners are not going to sit and stand for that. They're not going to allow that to happen. They don't want to be in that environment. A good listener says, I want to be challenged. I want you to say, We've had a relationship for many years here. And almost from day one, you've challenged me. I visited Hannah Gentry recently. And we had a good conversation. It was an interesting conversation. Because we couldn't get together. And I was over there and she was over there. The only, her apartment the back porch of her apartment out in the grass where I had to sit is where the air conditioning units are. The combination of the distance, the air conditioning units coming on and going off, and Hannah not being able to hear very well was a fascinating conversation. I mean, we were yelling at each other back and forth for an hour. But here's what I remember about Hannah. In our first year here or two, teaching Bible class, when that particular quarter ended, Miss Hannah came up to me and she said, Mike, next quarter I told Lee, that was her husband, he has to go to the other class because you need a break. Now, if you remember Lee, Lee challenged. In fact, it was such a challenge, Titus will remember, Jack will remember. I actually came to the elders and talked about it. I said, the guy didn't like me. They go, oh, no, 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 no. It's not Lee. Lee is a challenger. But he'll always land in the proper position. Can you listen to someone who challenges you? That's good listening. And Apollos was willing to do it. He was willing to say, I don't care if you challenge me. I'm going to listen to it anyway. And therefore he became an even greater speaker. The chapter closes describing that he continued to refute the Jews in his speaking. What is going on? He only knew one thing, John's 
teaching of baptism, John the baptizer. He had heard him speak. He knew his teaching. But now, after being confronted with this new information, he became an even mightier speaker, an even greater speaker, because he had more perfect knowledge. What did he have? Seems to me, here's what he had. John had said, the Messiah is coming, Jews, get ready. And the Jews couldn't stand it. They were ready for the Messiah. For centuries they had been talking through their prophets, there's a Messiah coming to the people of God, the Jews. And that's what Apollos was preaching. The Messiah is coming. You need to get ready. But listen to when he's preaching. He's preaching this message two or three years after Jesus had already come and gone. So what was his more accurate knowledge? The Messiah has come, not is coming. And that new information, that new understanding, that further development made him an even greater speaker. This man is a great example of listening and therefore speaking. So, what advice can we give to learn how to listen? How do you become a better listener? Now, I've seen some people sort of turning to each other. Does that mean... You're wanting that other person to learn to listen? You know, is that a two-way street? Okay, I'll help you right here. Number one, to be a better listener demands a lifelong search for what you don't know or for learning. A lifelong search for truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you want to be a good listener, then you better keep searching all of the time. There is stuff out there. There are things you need to know. There are things we need continual reminders about. There are things that we need to hear. If you want to be a good listener, always be looking continually through your life searching for truth. Because if you are one seeking truth, it will be presented to you to listen to it. Number two, to be a better listener. When you seek for truth all of your life, you will increase in the knowledge that you have. And that verifies that you're a good listener. The more you listen and the more you hear, you will increase if you are listening well. You will increase your knowledge. And that proves that you are a good listener. 
So to verify your, for yourself that you're learning to listen, challenge your knowledge. See what you know. Remember it and keep that search going for that knowledge. Number three. And that passage that I put there is Colossians 1.10. Paul wants the Colossians to increase in their knowledge of God. That only comes by listening. Number three. The more, if you want to increase your knowledge and you want to be a better listener, we have to learn to be quiet. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Swift to hear. How do you do that? God said, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. If you can't be quiet, you can't listen. Right? We listen in meditative moments. We listen in the times that we are quiet, we get to know. We get to soak it in. We get to understand. So finally, fourth, to be a good listener, trust those whom you listen to and know that they're telling the truth. Separate truth from fault. A good listener is able to say, that's true, I see that, I know it's right, because I trust that person. But more importantly, I trust the message. When you learn to trust God, lean, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on understanding, Proverbs 3 and verse 5. To be a good Listener, you must want to have more information or you're not going to listen. You're going to want to verify that you are a good listener by remembering and putting into practice the things that you hear. And it will tell you that you are a good listener. If you want to be a good listener, learn to be quiet. And a good listener separates the truth from that which is not because you trust the message if it is true. Listening helps you know if it's true or not true. And you know what? These people knew that Apollos was a great speaker. He went on his way continuing to refute the Jews they knew he was teaching the truth, and he was mighty. He continued to do a great job. He was a great speaker who first was a great listener. For those of us who lead in any way at all, whatever it is, the first thing you need to do is learn to listen. And from listening, 
Not only will you know what to say, but you will also, by listening to others, learn how to say it in the proper way. Apollos is a great example. Now we're going to put it into practice. Get online tonight, because tonight I'm going to help you understand how to listen to a sermon. If you want to learn how to listen to a sermon, see, now that's dangerous. Because Phil always talks about the stats, the numbers of people tuned in online. And if I say, tune in tonight to learn how to listen to a sermon, and the stats just go down like this, Number one, it says, maybe I need to listen to be a better speaker. But number two, it may mean that you may need to change the desire you have to listen to the sermon. Remember this. When you listen to a sermon, you really should be listening to God. And that's what it's about. God listens. He listens to the cries of His children. When in their desperation, in their failure, in their defeat, in their problems, they reach out to Him in prayer. And He forgives. God is a listener. And God does what needs to be done to the things He's heard. I find it fascinating that there are times in Scripture when it indicates that an angel came to find out something. The angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah to see if it was true. Is that because God didn't know? No. It's a human way of gathering the information. God takes that information and then puts it together with what is needed. And when he looked down from heaven and he saw Adam and Eve do what they did, he listened and he responded. He set in motion the plan of Jesus to take away the sin of the world. He's listening to you. Are we listening to Him? He calls for us to be His children or to be more faithful children. Are we listening? And if in listening to that message today, you need to respond in some way. Between you and God, between you and another person, between you and all of these people, we're here to help. Online, if we can help you in that, certainly reach out. As we close, let's listen as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. 
Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.